Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intelligence, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us on one of the stations around the country, or maybe you're watching on iTunes or YouTube is where you'll watch, right? Or listening on iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Well, we have a very interesting show for you today. We're going to discuss Deloitte's annual commercial real estate outlook, and it's titled Innovations in Commercial Real Estate, Preparing for the City of the Future. My guest is Bob O'Brien. He's vice chairman and partner with Deloitte. He's joining us on the phone today. Bob, thanks for being with us. Hey, Michael, great to be back with you. Huge fan of the show, and it's great to have an opportunity to talk to you about our outlook every year. Well, thank you, and it's uh, very interesting. I had an opportunity to read it, and we'll have a link on the show website if you'd like to read the report, but it's also nice to, to talk to you to get some of the highlights of it, Bob. So so the actual title of it itself this year, Innovations and in Commercial Real Estate, Preparing for the City of the Future. So how did you come up with that and tell us a little bit about this report? Well, you know, Deloitte's been doing a lot of work on the um, on di- disruptive trends and the impact technology will have on our future world. And, you know, it's been work that's been of a great deal of interest to some of our automotive clients, to our public sector clients. And as I looked at some of that work, I realized it has, a hu- it has huge implications for the real estate industry as well. And so what we tried to do is take some of the major themes, some of the major technology disruptions that we're seeing today and we'll see into the future and apply them to the real estate world. Well, I think it's a great idea because I think there's more technology being advanced right now for that's related to the workforce and commercial real estate than we've ever seen before. I agree. I think uh, commercial real estate is going to be very impacted. And you have some enablers. So we have five themes that are enablers that we're going to go over during the show today. One is future of mobility. Uh, two is occupant health and wellness. Very important. Uh, number three, the Internet of Things. Uh, number four, the impact of 3D printing technologies, and five, demographic data and predictive analytics. So let's start with number one, the future of mobility, Bob. Oh, that, it's a great topic, and it's going to have a huge impact on real estate, but it's also having an impact on real estate today. You can't take a look at uh, car sharing services like Uber and Lyft, and you'll, you can see they're already impacting the built environment today, you know. So, for example, um, owners of apartment builders, buildings, uh, developers of apartment buildings in urban areas throughout the U.S. are now realizing they need less parking spaces than they needed a few years ago. Their residents don't own cars, or if they own two cars, they now own one because they're availing themselves of car sharing services. Uh, that trend is only going to accelerate here, we think, over the next 10 to 15 years as driverless cars are adopted. And do you think zoning and planning uh, is, is forecasting that as well? Well, we've already seen some cities begin to adjust their parking requirements on, on new residential development. But I think the real interesting thing will be, as you look forward, um, how much parking will you need at a regional mall? How much parking will you need in a central business district when driverless cars take their um, passengers to work, drop them off, and then head out of the central business district, either to be used by other people or to park in a much more efficient 
parking facility in a lower cost environment than a central business district. Yeah, that's a very good point. And another point in uh, your mobility section of the report is that there may be more people more mobile, right? You have people who are not of driving age or maybe they're elderly and they're just not comfortable driving. Well, if you have a driverless car, you're mobile. Or maybe you're like me. I just like to work a lot, get a lot done. And sometimes when I'm behind the wheel, I'm almost frustrated. But if I have a driverless car, hey, I'm working as well. Yeah, no, exactly. It allows for multitasking, Michael. And, you know, the question that is really out there, and I've, I've had a number of conversations with real estate executives about it, and we, we haven't come up with any conclusion around it, is when you take a look at the U.S., when you take a look globally, there's been a massive urbanization trend. People want to move back closer to the cities, live in the cities, enjoy the work-live-play environment. Millennials are particularly attracted to this. But what if the commute from the distant suburbs became easier because you didn't have to drive yourself, that the smart driverless cars improve traffic flow and reduce congestion, and you can multitask along the way? Um, so will that cause more people to live out in the, you know, the far-out suburbs, or will, it, or will there be a continued trend to living in the city where, you know, without traffic, without parked cars lining the streets, you know, perhaps it's a... Um, more pedestrian-friendly, greener environment. Right, and one of the things you mentioned is technology to to reduce uh, traffic congestion. And a lot of times I'm sitting at at red light and there's nothing going on around me, and I'm like, wait a minute, where's technology here? Exactly, and that's you know one of the key concepts of smart cities, right? Because at the end of the day, um, everything's greener if you had smart traffic lights. Um, you know, less cars idling, more efficient use of cars. Um, it, it really, um, you know, the, the realm of possibility out there around the future mobility is just huge. You know, one of the points we make in the paper is that every time there's been a major advance in transportation technology, whether that's where trains crossing the U.S. continent, the invention of the car, the interstate highway system, Anytime there's been a major advancement, it's created real estate fortunes. So we do think that um, the real estate community needs to pay attention to this and, and really start uh, proactively responding to it to create opportunities. Right. And you have an example of that with uh, what's it called? Park Merst, uh, Maximus Real Estate Partners. Tell us about that. Well, it, it's a great example of um, a real estate development that is very appealing to the live, work, play desires of millennials. Um, this is a development in San Francisco where um, they are recognizing that their residents uh, want to have access to car sharing services. They want to have access to public tra transportation. They don't want to own cars. And, and so consequently, this development is effectively subsidizing in some respects uh, the ability of their tenants to, to use Uber, to use public transportation, and reduce the number of cars in the development. Right, and that's a, that's a great thing for all of us. So what should commercial real estate property owners think about moving forward? Well, you know, it's interesting. When you, when you buy a real estate property, you're, not, you're, not necessarily, you're very rarely buying it for the short term. You're, you're often looking at hold periods of seven or ten years or more. And when you develop a property, you're really looking to the long term as well. And we think um, this 
impact of car sharing, this impact of autonomous vehicles will really come into play during the latter stages of your, effectively, your underwriting periods. And so, consequently, you ought to be thinking about that, right? Is there excess real estate that may have the potential to be developed if you need less space for parking? You know, whether that's a a parking garage in the central business district, is there a way to reuse that space, maybe retail on the ground level, maybe storage? Um, Or if you're buying a shopping center out in the suburbs, is there some portion of that parking lot that might be able to be redeveloped? And, you know, what's the value creation opportunities from that? Right. So you may have some space available that you could do something else with and create more monetization, right? And then also you want to think about the tenants, right, that you're going to put in your space or have in the space and how they might be impacted by this. Well, it's interesting, right, in terms of um, this will change the last mile of delivery, which will have an impact on, on both retail and industrial. And anticipating how driverless delivery vehicles, uh, whether it's long-haul trucks or uh, just vans delivering with the neighborhood, you know, how does driverless delivery vehicles really impact the logistics system? How do you think it impacts the last mile? What kind of impact is that going to have on your distribution centers, your distribution tenants, your retail tenants and retail centers? Yeah, I, th- I think there are things to think through from a tenant perspective. Yeah, and I think it'd also be interesting on uh, retail when the fact that, you know, my uh, 14-year-old daughter uh, can get in a driverless car and go somewhere, or my uh, 80-year-old mother may want to go out, and now she's mobile. You're exactly right. Michael, you and me, when we get old, lucky enough we won't have to worry about driving well beyond our safe driving age. (laughs) Well, I'll know I made it when uh, I don't have to drive myself, and I don't have to check my own email. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, that's when I say, okay, I finally made it. Well, we're talking with Bob O'Brien. He's vice chairman and partner with Deloitte about their annual report. And it's incredible to look at the cities of the future and how it will impact commercial real estate properties and owners. We're going to talk about some more best practices and things to think about moving forward. And plus, next uh, segment, we're going to take a short break. We're going to talk about occupancy, health, and wellness. Very important to companies today. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Today we're talking with Bob O'Brien. He's vice chairman and partner with Deloitte about their annual commercial real estate outlook. And we're looking at the number two, which is occupant health and wellness of, of, of the five top trends that you guys are covering. So, Bob, tell us about occupant health and wellness. It seems like a very important subject to me as we represent tenants looking for space in Atlanta. You know, if their people are productive if their people are there and they're not sick uh, and they're more productive, uh, the real estate can almost become free. Well, Michael, this is uh, almost a, a response to a item we identified in last year's outlook, mm-hmm. which was what we called the war for talent. We predicted over the course of the next decade that it would be increasingly challenging for companies to hire 
the types of people they want to want to hire. You know, particularly in those you know so-called STEM areas: science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Uh, the highly skilled jobs out there. Um, it was going to become increasingly challenge, challenging to find and retain those types of people. And, and so consequently, as a response to that, w- we believe that companies are increasingly focused on, uh, or on um, health and wellness of their employees. It, it's something that their employees expect. It, it's something that has proven very effective in terms of attracting and recruiting talented employees. And we believe that accordingly that real estate, the real estate industry, needs to be aware of that and react to their tenants' desires to enhance uh, occupant health and wellness. Right. And I think we all innately know that if our environment is more pleasing and comfortable uh, and we're in a great environment, that we're going to be more productive. But now there's there's some studies that prove the, the productivity increases from air quality alone can be huge. Yeah, exactly. It's... Um, Air quality, um, comfort of temperature, ability to fine-tune temperature to individual preferences. Um, and, and then there are other elements of it as well. For example, um, movement is good. And so consequently, you know, companies are increasingly looking at the design of their office space to increase movement uh, around the space uh, to make their employees more productive. Yeah, and how are you guys describing uh, the impact for for people to connect with nature? Yeah, so there's this concept of biophilus, which is really a design concept around recognizing that people um, need to connect with nature for for a sense of well-being and ultimately for, for health. And whether that is around art it's around um, the ability to see natural items, even a, a rooftop garden with plants. All those things contribute to that. Yeah, it's, it's amazing because for some reason I'm drawn to, to water. Like I, I live on the lake. I like to be around the ocean. I mean, it's like sometimes just being a, a, when I get there and I see that, I just, my whole body just relaxes. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I own a sailboat, and my body does the same exact thing when I'm out on that boat. So tell us about the well building standard and what's going on there, Bob. Well, so a, a company by the name of Delos Living it came up with a well building standard for measuring um, the impact of a building and the built-out space on tenant health and wellness. Um, looking at it similar to the way um, sustainability advocates develop standards such as the LEED standards around um, the sustainability of office buildings. Now there's a standard out there around um, the impact on the, on the tenant from a health and wellness standpoint, and there's hope that that will um, gather momentum in the marketplace and we'll see more buildings meeting that, that well standard into the future. Right. And one of your quotes in here is that just better air quality can improve productivity by 8%. Now, when you think about a company producing productivity increasing 8%, that's a pretty big number. Yeah. No, that's huge, right? And um, uh, better air quality can, can reduce sick days. Um, better air quality can like I said, contribute to energy in the workplace, making employees more productive while they're there. 
So there are, there are really a lot of positive benefits to, a, to a focus on, on tenant wellness um, in a, you know, an office building, uh, a retail center, you know, a, an industrial property. I, you know, I, I really do think it crosses uh, the various property types in real estate. Right. So tell us your example with Cadillac Fairview and TD Bank, what they're doing. So TD Bank um, in Toronto was building out some of their executive space at their corporate headquarters. And and what they did is they worked with Cadillac Fairview, the owner of the property, to to really create uh, what they termed an extraordinary place to work. And so consequently, what they did is they... um, they used their energy wellness consultant, which was this um, Delos Living, which I mentioned before, that it established the wall standard, to really refurbish the space and, you know, create a lot of open light, enhance the air quality, um, enhance the opportunity to collaborate and um, and meet with colleagues um, to move around the workspace. And so, consequently, what they found is the feedback on the space has been has been great. Yeah, well, I like it. I mean, it just sounds good. Nutritious food options, adjustable height, workstations, uh, even a wellness library. Right, exactly. So what should building owners, what should commercial real estate companies think about that own commercial properties regarding this? Well, you know, you you hear a lot about how um, retailers and and hospitality companies are, are focusing on the customer experience. We think real estate companies need to really focus on the tenant experience. What's important to the tenant? What are some of the things that would really distinguish the experience from a from a tenant standpoint? And, and we do believe occupant health and wellness is clearly one of those areas. Um, just like companies are, are striving to attract and retain high high quality employees, real estate companies are striving to attract and retain high quality tenants. And, and we think that. Um, by focusing on some of this document health and wellness um, and, and some of the standards that exist today, they're going to be much better at doing that. Right. And I guess one of those first steps is understanding your real estate and how well is it, right? How productive are the occupants there and, and somehow be able to test for that and, and record it, right? Yeah. And it's either designing and developing a, a new property to optimize that or it's retrofitting an existing property to enhance it. Right. And there's a lot of tools out there now, right, to, to come in and test and, and know what's going on inside of the building. Well, not only to, to test it, and I know we'll talk about the Internet of Things um, in, in one of the later segments, but to, ongoing, to measure it on an ongoing basis. Um, and we'll talk about some of those in the Internet of Things. But the... Um, the measurement, the capture of the data, the analytics around that data can really help you manage the business to or manage the real estate to enhance tenant health and wellness. Right. And then ways to automate that with your building management systems, right, to, to really adjust the airflow and air quality. Exactly. Light quality. Well, great. We're talking with Bob O'Brien with Deloitte on their annual forecast. And uh, next we're going to talk about the Internet of Things. And that's really kind of putting these first two concepts together, right, with with the Internet of Things, you can automate this and make all this happen. Uh, There's it, a lot of interrelationship between these concepts. Yeah, that's it. All right, we'll take a short break. We'll be right back. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Stay with us. 
check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. We're talking with Bob O'Brien, the partner with Deloitte. We're talking about their annual report. They have five themes that we're covering. And number three is the Internet of Things. First of all, Bob, if you could give us the quick definition of what the Internet of Things means. Yeah, the Internet of Things, and oftentimes you'll hear it um, referenced to as IoT, is a suite of technologies and applications that equip devices and locations to generate all kinds of information and to connect those devices and locations for instant data analysis and ideally smart action. Right. And commercial real estate property owners and businesses inside those buildings can really gather a lot of information today and the price of that technology has come down, hasn't it? Yeah, the, the, um, there are a couple things that are really driving this. One is the price of the sensors and some of the other technology that's incorporated into this wide range of devices has come down dramatically. And, and then the analytical tools to, to look at all the data being generated by it and um, rationalize that data and use it to support smart decisions, either on an automated basis or on a human basis, those analytical tools have really become much more powerful and less expensive. Right. And what are some examples, Bob, of, of some of these tools that uh, building owners could have in their, in their place now? Well, you know, one of the things um, is that real estate has really been an early adopter of many of these technologies. Um, and, and so, for example, if you think through on a, on a commercial real estate building, um, building management systems that control, for example, the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning. The um, sensors out there to measure temperature, to identify where people are and where people aren't, um, to recognize when um, an office or a suite of offices is occupied or vacant. All those things exist today to allow the building to be heated much more efficiently. Um, what's interesting is when you're able to connect multiple systems, so say not only the HVAC system, but the security system, the fire safety system, um, perhaps the elevator systems, uh, to share data and to um, effectively um, integrate that data and make decisions across the broad operations of the building is where the real opportunity lies today. Right. And a lot of this technology can also help attract tenants, retain tenants, make them more productive, and therefore you're building more valuable, right? Well, exactly. Like we were talking about on the previous segment, it enhances the tenant experience, um, makes the operation of the building more efficient for tenants, uh, reduces the cost to tenants as well as uh, to the building owner. And, and all those things are, are very positive for tenant retention. Yeah, I think I heard something this morning that said that for every person on earth, there's about 27 things that are connected to the Internet. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, and what you're finding is even if you think about your own home, right, the residential real estate market is been an early adopter of some of these technologies, and you're only going to see more of it over the course of the next decade. 
you know, you're seeing the smart, um, oh, uh, smart um, thermostats. You're seeing smart home security systems now. You're all of which are connected to the internet. Um, so the individual consumer, the individual um, employee of one of your tenants, uh, they're going to recognize this technology in the um, the um, future that it has. Right. And you've got some great steps for build, uh, property owners here, building owners. And the first one is really to determine the type of the Internet of Things applications that are going to really benefit you, right? Yeah. And, and so, Michael, you know, one of the things, one of the trends we've seen in the real estate industry, right, is um, less per square per square, less or more employees per square foot, right? Or less um, square feet for each individual employee. And um, so buildings are becoming more dense, right? In terms of population. Mm -hmm. And some of the smart technology really helps to manage those buildings. Uh, One of the things we are increasingly seeing are, are smart elevator systems in buildings that capture data around where the tenants want to go, which floors they want to get to, um, at which time of the day. And the elevator systems are taking that data and um, fine-tuning where they go, which elevators go to which floors, how, how quickly the doors close, all those sorts of things to optimize traffic flow within a building. Again, effectively using Internet of Things to create more effective elevator service in an office building. Right. That's great tips. And then I like uh, your second tip behind that is really that when you figure out which ones will work for you, then how you can monetize them. So you really do want to read the report. There's more here they're going to be able to get to today. And then in the next uh, segment, we're going to talk about 3D printing. I think you're going to be amazed at how that's going to impact commercial real estate. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Are you in commercial real estate brokerage? Check out Apto. Created by and for commercial real estate brokers, Apto is the leading web-based platform for managing relationships, properties, listings, deals, and back office. Visit apto.com slash CRE show. Commercial real estate owners defer thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of tax dollars through cost segregation. I recommend Ernst and Morris. Call 1-800-COST-SEG or visit costseg.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. They were talking with Bob O'Brien with Deloitte about their annual real estate outlook. And uh, we're talking about the five main themes. And the next thing we're going to talk about is 3D printing technologies and how that's impacting tenants and commercial real estate. And and to start off, Bob, it's, it's really impacting or going to impact even more than I think we uh, know right now is construction, right? Well, very much in its infancy in terms of how it's going to impact construction. Um, but 3D printing, which, in, you know, uh, another um, term for it is additive manufacturing. It's basically taking a digital design of something and creating it using a machine. Um, in effect, printing it like you'd print a document, except it's 3D. You, you create an actual object using it. And so in construction, we've seen in China and in Dubai 
uh, prototype buildings built using 3D printing. Um, by definition, 3D printing creates a lot less waste. Uh, it reduces the cost of labor. And, and so it can be a very efficient way of building or manufacturing something. Um, and we're seeing it across many different types of businesses, across many different types of uses. Right. And to put it in and visualize it, instead of cutting something out of, of some material and throwing the waste away, you have no waste there. Well, exactly. And, and so, um, for example, if you're thinking about building, let's just say a construction trailer, right, something everybody can picture pretty easily, this would effectively build a construction trailer using a digital design and using material to effectively shape all the sides, but effectively wasting no material. It's all done um, via, um, in effect, um, producing it using materials and a digital design. Right, and the cost savings, the percentage cost savings that, that they had in the recent example that you gave us was are some huge reductions in cost. Yeah, you know, we, 40 to 60 percent. Wow. And, you know, it's a combination of more efficient use of material and reduced labor costs. Right, and you have some numbers in here on the anticipated growth of this 3T technology. Well, yeah, I, I think I think the growth is uh, effectively unlimited, right, in terms of what we may see over the next 20 years. Um, and how it's going to be used is um, really interesting, right? So, like, for example, one of the things we think may happen is for operators of a building um, or even a portfolio of buildings, um, when your Internet of Things um, devices tell you that a part in your HVAC system may need to be replaced because of what the sensors are picking up, um, you will then effectively 3D print that part, <laughs> that plastic part, and, and replace it in the machine, preventing a breakdown of that machine and, and, pre and preventing downtime. Um, we think that one of the places you really see this is in um, eliminating the need to warehouse uh, maintenance parts and um, eliminating the need to you know have downtime in terms of waiting for our part to be delivered. Bob, it sounds a little bit like the Jetsons. I remember that it, cartoon. It's not that far away, Michael. <laughs> what do I need? Yeah, we'll just make it right there. So my friends at Lowe's, can you really go in right now and have them 3D print furniture for you? You can. So they're, they're piloting a program. They have you go in, effectively design um, furniture. Now, the design has limitations, right, to, to facilitate the 3D printing of it, but then 3D print it. Um, you know, the, the topic or the concept I always point to is those WeatherTech floor liners you hear about on TV, right? Mm -hmm. They effectively have laser measured a wide variety of car models and years, and so they have a digital de design for the types of floor mats they need, and they effectively 3D print those floor mats for you, which is why you can get customized floor mats for your car. Right. And so, Bob, that's really going to impact how tenants use space and commercial real estate in general, right? Yeah, I think you're going to see a couple major trends around that. First of all, 
um, where there's an ability to create a custom product for a customer in the store. I think you're going to find retailers jumping to do that. Macy's is already experimenting um, doing that with certain types of jewelry and, and effectively customizing blue jeans for their customers. I don't think we're that far away from when shoes get 3D printed, so they're custom-made for your feet and feel much more comfortable than many new shoes feel. And then, um, uh, you know, <laughs> I think that changes the whole distribution logistics systems as well. Uh, those systems are already being impacted by e-commerce. I think this will just continue to impact how um, goods are manufactured, you know, ultimately closer to the consumer and then distributed. What's your top one first top tip for commercial real estate owners? Uh, my, my first top tip for commercial real estate owners are, are to think about this in two ways. One is how does it impact uh, the development and maintenance of your properties? And then second, what changes from a tenant standpoint? If you've got tenants within your retail center effectively producing their own goods, um, what does that mean in terms of how the space should be designed, um, any environmental concerns around that, um, and um, you know how do you facilitate it in a way you want to facilitate it? You know, it's amazing. You guys are really out ahead of things, and, and that's how you th- have to think about commercial real estate. And like you, you talked about when we started this show, I mean, when you're buying real estate, you're buying it for the long term, typically 10 years at least. So you got to look at what's ahead. We're going to do that some more. We're going to take a short break. We'll get back and ask Bob about predictive analytics and how that's going to impact our tenants and commercial real estate. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Would you like to shake hands with commercial real estate decision makers? Well, look for the tab Upcoming Conferences at the website InterfaceConferenceGroup.com. That's InterfaceConferenceGroup.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Bull. Today we're talking with Bob O'Brien with Deloitte about their annual report. We're going over five of their top themes for commercial real estate property owners to think about moving forward. And theme number five is demographic data and predictive analytics. Tell us about that, Bob. Well, you know, uh, again, referencing the report we put out a year ago, um, in that report we mentioned that data in information is becoming ever more accessible, ever more um, visible and transparent to the people who can use that data. Uh, as I mentioned earlier on this call, the tools around capturing data and enabling analysis of that data and smart decision-making from that data are becoming ever more powerful and available, um, not just in the real estate business, more broadly uh, across the business world. And so consequently, within real estate, which um, demographic data plays a huge role, data around operations of the building, data around um, uh, the marketplace for leasing, for example, are all out there. We think that over the course of the next several years, and then we think we're already seeing it today, um, 
smart real estate companies are capturing that data using predictive analytic tools to make smarter decisions, whether it's around real estate investment, around leasing space, around optimizing rental rates. Uh, you know, the, the tools and the data out there present incredible opportunities to enhance your business. And they really do. And I like one of your quotes uh, in the report was uh, that no longer does big beat small. The small companies uh, can have access to this the way the cost has come down. Tell us about another example you have in the report. And that's when you're working on a tenant mix for a retail property. Of course, the tenant mix, the types of companies there is very important to the success of the project. And you use some of these predictive analytics and demographics to really pick the right tenants, can't you? Yeah, the you know, Michael, the way I've described it is taking an art and, and making it more of a science. <laughs> so there's always been an art in terms of where you locate stores within a retail center um, to optimize the traffic, to create customer flow, uh, to, to generate sales for your tenants. The availability of tools today to measure foot traffic, to capture sales data, to leverage off information being generated from for example, the apps that um, uh, customers may have on their phones. All those things can influence where you locate individual retailers within a center and what types of success those um, retailers may have. So, um, again, you're taking what was for a long time an art and making more of a science of it. Right. And I like it. Uh, one of the last quotes in here is, don't be a futurist be a nowist. <laughs> this this right. technology is here now, right? It is here now. It, it's been developing rapidly over the course of the past five or ten years, um, and it's available to be used, and, and the smart players are already using it. You know, one of the other things I, I'll just say, Michael, is that um, um, the ability today to um, capture that data, leverage that data, make decisions around that data um, is disruptive, and what we're finding is we've seen more startups in the real estate focused on the leasing process, focused on um, improving data to the real estate community. We've seen a lot of venture capital money go into real estate startups over the course of the past several years. Uh, I do think we're seeing a bit of a technological revolution in real estate, particularly around the leasing process, and really taking some of these tools to access data and optimize occupancy at a building, occupy, or excuse me, optimize um, rental income and rental rates. Um, it, it really is an exciting time. Well said and good report. Bob, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Michael. And thanks for joining us out there on the radio stations and around the country on YouTube and iTunes. Next, next week, we'll have the best of the National Association of Realtors Conference from Orlando. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Ernst & Morris, the leader in cost segregation. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Apto, your entire brokerage in the cloud. And get Valuate, online investment analysis. The best thank you? A referral to our sponsors. You can find them at CREshow.com.